salvation thank you Jesus for great deliverance from dead works thank you for the deliverance from religious spirit thank you for the adoption thank you Jesus we worship you Lord we worship you we worship you we worship you we worship you. We worship you. We worship you, our Father. We give you glory, honor, and adoration. There is no me without you. We don't exist and we cannot exist without you. You are our God. And forever you will be. Thank you, ancient of days. Thank you, I am that I am. All I have is what you gave me. All I have is what you gave me. without you.
He will minister to you. He will minister to you. He's in the house.
for the feeling, for the touch, for the deliverance, for the healing, for the restoration of your spirit in our lives. We are eternally grateful and indebted to you, Abba Father. Have your way this evening, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Address whatever that needs to be addressed in our lives. Bring deliverance, bring restoration, bring healing to everyone present and everyone who is not present. Let your name be glorified in the life of everyone, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. May we move from glory to glory. May we was stronger and stronger in his presence. May every vessel used to bring the presence of God down be preserved, be protected. May Satan ever have his way in our choir in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. This evening, we quickly speak briefly. So, be able to go home and continue in his presence. Hallelujah. You know, the, the last couple of days I've been going through a lot of soul searching, taking inventory of many things about life generally, about my encounter with God, how hopeless I was. How certain life was before I met Jesus. Having taken inventory for the past years, I could only conclude that the only thing that I've done. Was to find God. The only thing that is tangible in the life of every man is his relationship with God. The only thing that is enduring, the only thing that is eternal, is your relationship with God. I remembered yesterday, I was talking to my wife, I said, Maybe for some people, they expected so much from the world. They expected the world to offer them so much. But probably that is why they are not thankful to God for their life that is being preserved and for the free oxygen they have. Maybe the reason why they are not thankful to God is because they anticipated to have everything in this world. But for some of us, we are hopeless. For some of us, 
We were clueless of our life. Some of us were in the dark. We accepted the wind, the, the darkness, whatever confronted us, we accepted it. But somehow from the bad side of nowhere, we found him. Maybe for some people, they could see around or they may be seen around thinking there is something special about certain people. Maybe for few of us, they think there's something special or extraordinary. So I was telling her, I said, no. The only thing is just that we have been privileged to find God. And the only thing you can boast about, you should be proud of, if you truly you have found God, should be your relationship with God. Other than that, everything on this earth is nothing. The only thing that worth fighting for, dying for, is your relationship with Jesus. You see, we were created in Jesus' image. We are created in God's image. We are created to be so powerful. We are created to be so powerful and to reflect the glory of God on the earth and to carry on uh, where Jesus stopped on the earth. But somehow along the line, we fell short of this glory just because of the sinful nature, the Adamic nature that we have refused to bury. Then we begin to see, uh, see men who ought to be God, that the natural man, uh, to look at or behold, living like a natural man. Man was created to be so powerful. Man was created to be extraordinary. So, though we missed it as a result of our relationship with Adam, but Jesus came and gave us our lost inheritance, uh, gave us our glory, but only few people have really found out that we can see maximize the power of redemption and the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you find out that you can maximize this power, there is grace available for you to live to maximize your life. And there is grace available for you to live above sin and reproach. And let me tell you the truth. There is just one message that is not preached. There is one message that is hidden from the church. There is just one message that is not popular, that is not trendy. Is the message of holiness today. And I can tell you that when you are able to embrace that message, you become too powerful. You just become too powerful. No man is extraordinary without the power of holiness. Every man that is extraordinary in this kingdom can be traced to a lifestyle of holiness. Hallelujah. Today, the message is no longer trendy, it's not popular. And Satan has robbed the church of this great virtue called holiness. It's a virtue. Uh, sometimes ago, I posted something about grace trying to counter the hyper grace message that has been trending for years now. I was looking for a way to convey the mind of God about it. Looking for a way to make it clear. Because I've 
truly met a lot of believers who speak in tongues, who like going to church, but they lack the power to sustain the grace that have been made available for them. So I was saying that grace is not something sleeping on the lap of Delilah. Grace is Joseph empowered to run away from Potiphar's wife. That is grace in all totality. Hallelujah. So this evening, I want to quickly speak on a message titled, Understanding Grace for Godly Living. Understanding Grace for Godly Living. You know, life is so beautiful when you find a part of life. Let me have that scripture. Psalm 16. So, I will show you the part of life. Life is beautiful when you have decided to find a part of life and you have found a part of life. Life becomes so beautiful and interesting. Grace is the part of life. Hallelujah. Life is so beautiful where you have found the path that leads to life. Grace is that life. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus was born in a manger. He was born in a manger. There was no proper clue to even cover him. There was no befitting room for him to be born. He was born in midst of animals. A stinking place. And the Bible recorded there was no room in the inn for him. Man did not provide room for him in the inn. But grace provided room for him. You might not have been born in the inn. There might not have been a room in the inn for you. When you find a part of life, you will be brought in and you will be accepted in the inn. Just one thing that is missing. The missing link is just inability to embrace grace and to live in grace and to dwell in grace. That is the missing link. You are so powerful. There is nothing you cannot achieve, you cannot do. You cannot become nothing. There is nothing. Jesus was a living example of what grace can do. Of what grace is capable of. Jesus is the embodiment of grace. Is the embodiment of grace. There was no room in the inn for him. No room. No room. No provision. For his beds. We have mothers here. We have fathers here. I know what it means when you are expecting your child. How you prepare for it. 
You might not even have the resources. You go extra mile just to prepare for the arrival of the baby. But there was no preparation. He was born in a manger where animal dwell. But it was the same man who walked majestically and there was a resounding voice everywhere. Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. What happened to the same man? No room was provided for the power of holiness. And the Bible said there was a voice in heaven that roared and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If God is pleased with you, there is no height you cannot get to. There is nothing you cannot become. You must make a decision. You must decide to live godly. And you don't need to labor to do that. There is grace available. You just need to understand this grace that have been made available. You have been delivered from the power of, of the law, the weight, the heaviness of the law. And grace has been made available for you to live gloriously. You will show me the path of life. Grace is that part of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, a pleasure evermore. The only thing that, that takes you there and sustains you there is His holiness. Be made available in your life. Holiness. Holiness takes you to the part of life. Sustain you in that part. Gives you the fullness of joy. Gives you pleasures everywhere. Holiness, nothing more. The grace for godly living. If you follow me on Facebook, I posted this some days ago. This morning, the Lord was telling me was the message was actually bringing to my spirit to go and speak on that. Maybe you are here, you are confused, you are full of uncertainty, you have fear, you have anxiety, you are not sure of your. Of what your tomorrow holds. But I have a good news for you. The plan that the Lord has for you. Is bigger than you can ever comprehend or imagine. But you must make yourself available. That he can live in you. And live through you. It's the greatest investment. You can make for your life. Making yourself available. For the Lord. It's your greatest investment. It's your greatest investment. There will be Peace. That would be joy. Unexplainable. When you make yourself available. When you become his abode. When you become his habitation. Be ye holy for your God is holy. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand. Are pleasures evermore. Grace. Is what Jesus made available. It is what canceled the law that was our schoolmaster. We were just told what to do, but the power to enforce what to do wasn't available. The Jesus, who is the embodiment of grace, empowered us with grace. Today, Harper Grace preacher came telling you we are under grace, we are no longer under the law. So you can live lasciviously, you can live anyhow, then bringing you under bondage again. 
grace in contemporary terms is Joseph running away from Potiphar's wife. That is what grace means. Ability to say no to whatever Jesus said no to. Hallelujah. You must ask yourself, the life we live, is Jesus pleased with it? We know it ourselves. The problem we have is that we don't cry out to God for deliverance as long as we do what we do secretly and nobody is seeing us. We don't cry out to God. God, I need your grace for this and that. The grace has been made available. You see, some time ago, I said, you cannot overcome what you have not hated. You cannot conquer what you have not hated. If you hate poverty bad enough, you will conquer poverty. If you hate sin bad enough, you will conquer sin. Many things that we are still uh, uh, playing with is just because we, we are not angry with them. We are not uncomfortable with them. That is why they are still there. When you become uncomfortable, God will make the grace available to walk over it. Hallelujah. When you become uncomfortable with that situation, grace will be knocking on the door of your heart and empower you to conquer it. Hallelujah. We just laid the foundation of the message for able to go uh, far, fine, otherwise there will be a room for continuation. Understand the grace for godly living. So our reference scripture is taken from the book of Titus chapter 2 verse 11 through 14. Titus 2, 11, 14. Be careful about the message of grace that have started trending the past 10 years now, please. Because I thought by now, this Harper Grace message should have been buried, but sometimes, because I'm on social media, most of the time to check what's going on and all of that, I see people are safe you know, uh, driving this upper grief every day and you see a lot of people running after these people, commenting, saying all manner of things. But I wonder sometimes who have bewitched us that we can see the truth and not be able to align with the truth. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Say all men. Continue. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should leave what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Three things here we need to focus on here. We need to focus on three things here. This grace enables you to live holistically. So, Bali, that is living intentionally, reasonably, be reasonable in your approach to everything. To live intentionally, purposefully, reasonably, 
And he said, righteously and godly in this present age. This is what grace came to do with our lives. This is what grace enables us and empowers us to overcome. To overcome worldliness. To overcome fits. To overcome this present age and the rudiments of, the, of this present age. The grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. But today, Harper Grace is telling people that you can go on with the, with the worldly affair and accept it and be happy with it. Then, the power that is available for you has been taken from you. The Harper Grace was introduced by Satan through all of his agents to rob you of the power made available to you. You are powerful. It has nothing to do with your age. God is working in you, working for you, where you understand the power of holiness. He walked through you and he works for you. Grace teaches you to deny. In other words, grace empowers you. To deny ungodliness. And worldly loss. We should live soberly. Appropriately. Live appropriately. Intentionally. Reason, reasonably. That's what grace does. That's what grace does. I was discussing with Reverend Billy some time ago, a few minutes ago, about something that transpired. You see, grace does not allow you to take unreasonable decision. Doesn't push you to do what is disorderly. And that's why Apostle Paul said, if you lack it, ask for it. Grace is wisdom at work in a man. Grace is power working through a man. Grace is supernatural knowledge and understanding working in a man. And the only way to act, activate it and live consistently with it is to deny yourself ungodliness and worldly lust. When you deny yourself anything that is ungodly, anything that has to do with lust, where you intentionally conquer it, you become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Because when they come, they have nothing to offer you. Look at what Jesus said. He said, they came, they found nothing in me. In other words, they have nothing, no straight thought in me that they can they can use to manipulate me. No assurance in me. Nothing in me that can be used to control me. 
I have power over everything because see, if you want to tempt me with money, you can't get me. Whatever you want to use, you can't get me. They came but they found nothing in me. In other words, Satan and the things of this world and the material things that he uses to capture the heart of men. Listen, they came to Jesus, but there was no thought of all of these things in him. So they were powerless. Satan becomes powerless when there is no ungodliness and lost in your life. You see, you might not pray like, you might not be able to pray like Olukoya, but when you are able to maintain your stance, stand strong in grace, you become a torment to the kingdom of darkness. And the truth of the matter is, there is no way you can stand in grace and not being able to pray. Teaching that denying of godliness and worldly loss, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Give me this scripture, grace will stand. Continue now. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God, Savior Jesus Christ. Continue. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Grace has been made available for you. Listen, you see, you've heard we are the righteousness of God. Yes. We didn't need to pay anything for salvation. It was a free gift. So we became the righteousness of God by the death of Jesus. He died for our sin. But now, you must live righteously. The fact that you are the righteousness of God doesn't stop you from living righteously. Because there you find the power to maximize your journey of the earth. Living righteously. Go back to 13, 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should live soberly and righteously. If we are expected to live li uh, righteously, why do we keep saying uh, we are the righteousness of God? Oh, we are no longer under the law. Uh, you know, uh, Christ has paid the ultimate price. Yes, there is nothing else to do. Where is it coming from? Lies to rob you of the power made available to maximize your journey on the earth. Lies from the pit of hell. You are the righteousness of Christ. Yes. By reason of free gift of salvation. But you must not live righteously. Put every dead works out of your life. Then grace will be activated. It is your work to do. That is why I say work out your salvation now. It has been given to you, but work it out. Work it out daily. Can I tell you something? I have never, never been this careful all my life, especially since the Lord found me living, having eternity in view, 
and be sensitive about the end time. I have never been this careful. Anything can happen right now. Anything can happen. The, the signs are everywhere. The funny thing is that nobody is even paying attention. The signs are everywhere. Amend your way. If there's any area of your life, Satan is still in control of, you must embrace grace now to overcome it. So that there will be no occasion for Satan to invade your life or control part of your life. Jesus said, they came, they found nothing. May Satan not find anything in your life anymore. I said, may Satan not find anything in your life anymore. Lies shouldn't be part of your life. Deception shouldn't be part of your life. May Satan not find anything in your life. Jesus said, they, they found nothing. He didn't say, eh, eh, they only found few things in my life. You know, when Satan wants to lie to us, he said, where well, I'm not a saint. Where are you getting that confession from? We are saints. Man of God, are you not a saint? You hear? No one is a saint. You are not a saint doesn't mean that others are not saints too. You are a saint. Yes. You must live to please God now like never before. That is just what it is now. In case there is a a road Satan is still playing around your mind telling you, oh, you are not under the law. You are under grace. You can live uh, riotly or lasciviously. Just correct that notion right now. That is, that is deception from the pit of hell. Jesus has made available grace for you to overcome loss and worldliness. Grace is simply dominion over sin. Grace is what? Dominion over what? Yes. That's just grace. Grace. Grace will stand. Grace will stand. You must stand the grace. Living grace, speaking grace, do whatever you are doing in grace. Because it's been made available for you. Romans chapter 6, please. Romans chapter 6, verse 1, please. Romans chapter 6. Okay, let me read. For sin shall have no dominion, or for sin shall not have dominion over you. What happened to your sister? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, for those pendly, hyper grace message, what they are saying is that you are no longer under the schoolmaster, under the law. You are now under grace. 
so you can live your life as you please. That's what is going on. The reason why I posted that message some days ago because I came across a message being preached by somebody I never expected to be preaching that. I'm like, what's going on? But we're going to look at the scripture, who they are. I found why they are doing what they are doing because they were never part of us. They only learned the language to be able to deceive us. Hello? They learned the language of the kingdom and their target their target is the church. They are in the church but they are not part of the church. They only came to learn the language so that they'll be able to deceive the church. What shall we say? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, if you remain in sin after you'll be born again, you'll be saved. Grace cannot be progressive. Grace cannot increase in your life. Grace should be what? Progressive. Grace should be in degrees and in dimensions. So as you remain in sin, grace never increases. Shall we continue in, in sin that grace may abound? In other words, shall we continue in sin so that grace will increase? Can we take in the, uh, uh, the passion translation? There is grace in a higher dimension to rule over the work of darkness in all ramification. But you must avail yourself of this grace to increase. It's a dealing, a daily dealing. Weekly de dealings, monthly dealings, yearly dealings. As you increase in grace, then Satan begins to be under your control. So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that grace, kindness, and grace will increase? Should we what? Persist. So do we persist then? Do we? So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that grace, kindness, so that God's kindness and grace will increase? Now, God's kindness should be increasing in your life. Just as grace increases. That is saying, the is it possible for you to persist and remain in sin and expect this thing to happen? No. He said, should we persist in sin so that God's kindness toward you and grace in your life increase? No. In other words, you want God's kindness to increase in your life? You want God's grace in your life to increase? This is from sin. Did you get that? Go back to New King James, or just King James. Understanding grace for godly living. You need to know what grace is. Grace is dominion. Dominion over sin. Dominion over worldliness. Dominion over unrighteousness. That's what grace is all about. So in simple analysis, grace is Joseph running away from Potiphar's wife. 
Grace is not something dying on the lap of Delilah. That is the disgrace. Today, disgrace is what is being taught as grace now. Do you understand that? Verse 2, please. Let's rush it. Verse 2. He said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer dear him? You are dead to it. How or why should you be living there? Don't you know when you gave your life to Jesus, what you actually were saying is, my old man crucified in new life, imagine me. That's what you were saying. That's what you were saying. Continue. Know ye not that so many of us as we are baptized into Jesus Christ, we are baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Listen, in case uh, there is a thought in your mind right now, oh, I've not done batter, uh, water baptism, probably that is why the grace to live above worldliness, overcome worldliness, that is why the grace is not activated. In as much as water baptism is still very valid, but it's a shadow of the spiritual baptism. Hallelujah. Baptism. The water baptism is a shadow of spiritual baptism. Where you give your life to God, then you can ask the Lord to fill you up by Holy Ghost immersion, Holy Ghost baptism. So in that, your own nature is crucified, a new you emerge. That new you is being trained and taught how to live by reason of your consistent contact with the word of God. You now know what to do and what not to do, how you should live as a new person because you are a new person right now. You are in a new world. That's why I say, if a man being Christ is a new creature, all things pass away and all things become new. So everything now look new to you. Because all you ever told or you ever uh, taught in the world is not completely different and strange in your new found kingdom. Everything is just opposite. Now, therefore, we are buried Wherein by baptism to death, that that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Continue. Knowing this. That our old man is crucified with him. That is the Adamic cure now. That the body of sin might be what? So it's possible for the uh, 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 for the body of sin to be destroyed, right? It's possible. You see, the undoing is this hyper grace preacher telling you 
what is possible for you to do, making it look so difficult, telling you, you know what? Just live with it. You are under grace. It's a lie. It's a lie. The grace is God's supernatural ability to overcome worldliness. Know this that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should know what? No, preach with me now. Henceforth we should do what? We shouldn't. Man of God, I've met a lot of people. They pray this, Father, give me power. Father, give me power. Why will you be praying for what is already around you or with you? Father, give me power. I need power. Well, is this there with you? All you need to do is just to activate it. It's there. It's there. The more you deny of godliness, the more the power is in you. The more you deny of godliness, the more the power of God increases in your life. The power is already in you. It's already with you. Power for exploit, power for dominion is in you. As long as sin has dominion over you, you become powerless. Become powerless. Knowing that, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Continue. For he that is dead is what? Tell somebody it's time to die. <laughs> he that is dead is what? So as long as you are not dead, you are still going to be under the control of what sin. <laughs> Just die. Just pay that price and die at once. Ah, there is no life until you are dead. No life. No life. It's a sticky situation. Where you are in your flesh, it stinks. Life begins the day you die. The day you crucify your flesh, life begins. Life begins. Real life begins. Real life begins. Real life. For he that is dead is free from sin. So it's possible to be free from sin? Is it possible? Is it not written here? So is it not possible to be free from sin? Okay. Why are we still living in sin? Why are we being taught nonsense to accommodate sin? To accept sin. Why? Because they want to rob you of the power God has made available to you. So that you are under the control of this world. You see, all that he has made available, laid up for you. They are now using it to seduce you. Whereas when the power is activated, you control these things. So what they do is to make sure you live perpetually in sin. So that you can be under their control. He that is dead is free from sin. In other words, he that is dead is free from Satan's manipulation and control. 
is free from Satan's control and manipulation. Let's look at it this way. A man in the mortuary eh, that is already in the monk. You are telling him, move. Does he hear you? Eh? You are stupid. Does he hear you? You are good for nothing. Does he hear you? He's dead. So God is saying, there is a realm you must come into. That realm of disconnection from this world. Then you will be free from sin. You will be in midst of multitude, but you will be spotless. You see, as long as you think like them, you act like them, you live with them, you will not be able to know your true identity. The day you die, you disconnect. That is when you know who you are. And that is when they even recognize you. You have to die. You have to die. Now, I think it is not bad asking God for power. I think it is better to say, God, give me the grace to die. Because if you die, power ultimately is activated in your life. The power for dominion and exploits is hidden in death. That your dream might never be realized as long as you maintain flesh in your life. You must die. You must die. You must die. Continue. Let's stretch it quickly. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Continue. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, died no more. <laughs> no, when, when a saint dies, you hear what? They, don't, they usually don't say the man that they say he has passed on to. Because, you see, when you hear that man died or that man is dead, it means that he was never really born again. A man who is born again doesn't die. He only he only exited this earthly realm into a higher realm. Oh, you didn't get that. When you are born again, when your flesh crucified, die, born again, you don't die again. What is considered death in this earth for a believer is not death. Is passing on to glory into a higher realm. It's a knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more. In other words, every man born of God die also. He doesn't die again. When you are still being afraid of death, it means that you are not sure of who you are. Death has no what? Please preach with me now. Death has no what? Which means you can control death too. You see, some people that are left to be with the law, it's just that some of them expected it, they wanted to go. Otherwise, there is power to, when death knock on your door, say, no, it's not time that you don't have power over me. I see how time on a finished assignment. 
because it does not have dominion. It does not have what dominion over what? Preach, man. It does not have dominion over your life. So that can knock on your door. You can say, the dead, you don't have dominion over me. You don't. There's life in me. This is not my time and I can't go right now. You know what? There are some that deliberately want to go because they have seen the glory. They say, Father, let me be. It's just like Ugo's wife died and she was buried. And her husband, be a, a fierce, faith man, he went to, to the woman, get up, get up, get up, get up. They do discuss it. Why did you go? The woman get up and say, Why are you disturbing me? Let me be. Now, the issue is that that woman had decided to go. It's not that death came to take her. It's not possible. Her husband said, Get up, get up. Why? We didn't discuss this now. He said, Please, why are you disturbing me? Let me sleep. Because he has seen the other side of eternity. Death doesn't have dominion over you. You don't know the power that you have. Die! You are not in the flesh. You are only temporarily using the garment to dwell here. That is not who you are anymore. You are no longer in the flesh. You are a spirit using the flesh as your garment to move around. Don't let your flesh control you anymore. Know that Christ being raised from the dead died no more. There has no there has no there had no more dominion over him. Continue quickly. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But, but in that he live, liveth, he liveth unto God. He liveth unto God. This is our life that is being revealed here. You have died in Christ. At redemption, you died. You are no longer living for your flesh, but living for God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Continue. Let no sin therefore reign. Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. That you should obey it in the loss thereof. Don't. Day you conquer your flesh, the day you start living, there's just boldness that come upon you. Unexplainable boldness. Not afraid of anything. Whether the world be destroyed, crush. You are not even bothered. It's a realm. Don't let sin control you. Don't. Don't. It's the only enemy you have as a believer, sin. I'm telling you.
is the major hindrance. Your major enemy. Sin. Neither yield your, your members as instrument of what? Unrighteousness unto sin. Your hand, your eyes, your mouth, your leg, your thought, these are all members of your body. He said, don't yield them. Don't let your hand go to where it shouldn't go. Don't let your thoughts travel to where it shouldn't tra- travel to. Don't let your eyes behold what it shouldn't behold. Don't, don't let your leg go to where you shouldn't go to. Don't yield your members. You want to be powerful? You are asking God, make me powerful. God is saying, no, I've made you powerful already. Activate it. Just activate it. Oh Lord, how do I activate it? Disconnect from godliness. Die. Then you become powerful. That's just what it is. Then that's it. Yea, your members as instruments of unrighteous unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God for sin. Listen, listen. You see, you see, let me tell you. You see, Satan lies a lot. It is, it is, it is unbelievable that so a lot of educated people are educated illiterate. You hear the quoting scripture out of context. Eh, sin shall no longer have dominion. What it means is that you can continue on the sin. It doesn't have dominion over you. Now, look at what it says. He's saying, if you do not yield your members unto sin, you use your members unto God for righteous living. Sin will not have over you. Hello, hello. Now, let's go back. Sin shall no longer have dominion, or sin shall not have dominion over you. But he's saying, in other words, if you yield your members unto sin, sin will still have dominion over you. White lie. You have yielded one of your members. That page you open, if it were by accident, there is anger that comes to your spirit. Ah, in the name of Jesus, I banish you. But you spend two minutes there. You have yielded your members. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness, auto sin, but yield yourself unto God as though that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto God. Continue. For sin shall not have dominion over you, but for ye are not under the law, but under what? The reason why sin had dominion over you, you were under the schoolmaster law. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. But you don't have power to enforce it. You don't have power to say no. The grace came. Grace is dominion over what? Sin. No license to sin. It's dominion over sin. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. It means that you are under power 
of grace. To be able to say no to ungodliness, worldliness, lust of this world. You are under grace. You are under grace. It was grace Joseph surrendered to. That was why he was able to run away from Potiphar. Brother Sansi was surrendered to law. Then he slept on the Lala's lap. Even when you almost get yourself involved, grace always knock on you. No. It is the power of God at work in every believer. But he does not force you. He leaves you to your choices. It's just for you to know that you are no longer who you used to be. That you are deliberately intentional to live godly. That's what grace is all about. You are no longer under the law, but under grace. Continue. Let's take it to 18. We'll soon round up. Read one scripture, don't we? He said, what then? Shall we sin? <laughs> because we are not under the law. But under grace. Shall we what? Sin? <laughs> Brother Paul said, God forbid. You know when you say God forbid, it, it means that it's sacrilege. That is, No! No, that's post. Yeah, we are under grace, not under law. Should we now continue in sin or live in sin? Apostle Paul, that is sacrilege. No, God forbid. In other words, what Apostle Paul was saying is that something unique, extraordinary has been made available to you to be able to do away with this worldliness. I was talking to my mother-in-law some days ago. She was in our house and we got talking. And I told her, she asked something, I smiled. I said, mommy, I said, I mean, my life is one way. I said, one way, you see, there, to this place, to my house, because I don't see any other thing. I said, yeah, so now, that control how I live my life. How my environment must be. Because my world is larger than this earth you are seeing. It's just that it's invisible to the natural man. I am not missing anything. It's here, there. Here, there. It's grace that compels you to be in one spot. You are not missing anything. It's grace that will not make you to be anxious. It's grace that helps you to be patient until your change come. It's grace that will make you not to be desperate when not that should be. When you still find yourself aligning with the rudiment of this world, you are lacking in the greatest spiritual virtue available to the body of Christ, which is grace. You are anxious. 
you are desperate. Say, be anxious for nothing. There is no way you not be anxious except you have submitted yourself to grace. Grace is made available for godly living. Godly living. That's what grace is for. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but, but under grace? God forbid. Continue. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servant to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness whatever you yield yourself to obey you become a servant to that so when you call you see not everybody is, is qualified to be called servant of God Although it has become a title for everybody to bear. If you yield yourself to obey God, you become a servant of God. If you yield yourself to unrighteousness, you become a servant of sin and sin still have dominion over you. The job lies in your hand to choose. Who do I serve? Who do I obey now? See. See. I told the... Uh, okay. Brother Collins. Some time ago, I told you when you switch on generator, allow the generator to run for some time before you switch on the changeover, right? Have you been doing that? Have you noticed any changes? Oh, really? So, when you first of all allow it to run, it doesn't switch off like as it was. Okay, now. When you have given your life to God, there is a grand work you must do. A good apostle is meant to disciple you, school you, in the school of prayer, in the school of fasting, in the school of de uh, denying uh, worldly loss and all of that. At that moment, it might look so difficult and heavy. But as you persist, a time comes, it becomes part of your life. But you must surround yourself with those with the same journey in view. Journey of eternity. A time comes, it shouldn't even be a discussion. I just can't imagine that. Then I'm coming to be discussing anything to do with loss with a, a Reverend Bill or whoever. I just can't. How, how, how will it even happen in my mouth? I'm with my wife in the house discussing nonsense things. How? You, you, you don't even, even. Even thinking of it now, my head is heavy. Because you, you, you see. You have to know who you call your friends. The those who will who will who will fan your fire. Those who will do what? Fan your. You, you are surrounded with them. Then you begin to avoid water, so that your fire can burn. A time just come. You see, it becomes part and parcel of your life. It becomes a normal thing to you. At that early stage, 
it must it will look like work. It is not work. It's just because as a newborn baby, you are drinking milk. You are not in control yet to be able to eat meat. From milk, you graduate into meat. As you start eating meat, even bones, you start cracking it. It's a process. You have to grow through it. You must make, make yourself available for discipleship. You have materials now for discipleship everywhere. The church is available for you. There are materials for discipleship. Follow those who through faith obtain the promises. Follow them. But time be to God that ye were the servant of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Continue. Being then made free from sin, ye become what? Please preach with me now. Ye become what? So now, always ask yourself, if you are about to cross, ask yourself, am I a servant of righteousness or a servant of unrighteousness? That thing you were taking before you came to church. That lies just cropping up your spirit, planning how to deliver it. Just ask yourself, I am a servant of righteousness. I am a servant of righteousness. And that is who you are. It's just that Satan is lying to you. You are listening to Satan. Trying to give you a fake identity. And you are accepting it. And you are acting it out. Robbing you of the power available to you. You have power. Say, I have power. I have power in Christ. I am powerful in Christ. Oh, you are not sure. You should be louder. Hallelujah. You are powerful in Christ. Say it. I am powerful in Christ. Hallelujah. As we round up, let's look at Jude. Jude verse. Maybe verse 2. Jude, Jude. Eh? Say which chapter? Mercy not to you and peace and love be multiplied. Continue. Beloved, pay attention, please. Beloved, I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. Which was one delivered unto the saints. Now pay attention to two things there. The faith that was what once delivered contain what? For, for it. In other words, to protect it, to defend it, to keep it, because it can be stolen from you. How can it be stolen? Heresy, lies, hyper grace messages can rob you of the faith. That is one delivered to you. Continue. For there are certain men. You see, all these people, all these people, they are there. We can't help it. 
I am an apostle, not by a, a mass uh, calling. It is a mandate to expose lies. It is a calling to expose lies. Because you see everywhere, I am not attacking anybody. I will not attack anybody. But I will not see my beloved brothers and sisters being led astray. Then I will be comfortable. It's impossible. There's Help me, Lord. Let me leave that side. For there are certain men crept in unaware. They crept in unawares, and they had titles also. True or false? They have titles. Today, the social media is a, is a huge platform now for everybody. For there are certain men, certain men, certain men crept in unawares. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men. Tony the grace of God. Tony the grace of our God into what? Hello? Who are these men that are creeping? Eh? Who are they? Eh? Charlatans. And they have titles. They are also called prophets. Eh? Pastors, evangelists, bishops, archbishops. At the beginning, I said to you, they were, we taught to learn our language, but they are never of us. And today, men are drawn toward them, heading to destruction. May God deliver them. I don't hate anybody, but I love the children of God so much. To behold them being destroyed. And the body that make you uncomfortable in your old nature is an enemy. It's an enemy. I don't hate you by telling you the truth. I don't hate you by getting angry with the art I found you evolving. I only hated the art, not you. I don't hate you. But I should be able to tell you the truth. This is not the way of the Lord. This is not expected of you. For there are certain men crying on our ways who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus. That's what they are, they, they are comparing men to do now. Everything the word of God forbid us to do, they are telling us, be comfortable with it, accept it, do it. It's okay. They don't care. Yeah, especially if you have big offering, they don't even care what your life entails and all of that. They are not after your soul. They don't want to protect your soul. Be careful. What they, what they have succeeded doing is that they are robbing you the power of God, a, a, a life in you, lying dormant, not being activated for good works. Continue. Is it finished? Okay. I will therefore put you. Are we in verse 5 already? Okay. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this. How that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, 
afterward destroyed them that believe not. And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he had reserved in everlasting chain on that darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the city about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also, these fitted dreamers defy the flesh, despise dominion, speak evil of dignitaries. It's happening our days. Obviously now. Obviously. One was bold enough to call a father in the faith, a bar head. He said, that bar head like a, that crawl a crock. Uh, people are still following this guy. They have many followers because Facebook is a quick platform for many to be led astray now. When you are taught to do what your flesh obeys, go back to 6 and 7 will round up. He said, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication. This fornication is beyond man and woman. That is not the focus. That is, any time you are still led by the rudiments of this world, you are fornicating with the world. Did you get that? Okay, you are a spouse to God. You are married to what? So anytime you do what the word presents to you that is against God, you are fornicating. Did you get that? You are fornicating. You then you are separating yourself from God. That the power of God is diminishing your life. For even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the city about the enlightenment and giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. God is telling us it has not changed. It's still the same thing in our days, in our time. It happened before. Even the angels that didn't obey God, they were chained, bound, cast into fire. Again, there is another act be prepared. And the act is the word of God. The act is the gospel. Everyone must come in because the flood is coming again and it will consume the whole world. Many are drinking now, fornicating with the world, fornicating, do all sorts of things. The noise are everywhere telling you repent, return. That you are doing what you are okay and comfortable of doing. But the flood is coming again. The flood is coming again. The destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah is just a tip of an iceberg compared to the destruction that will come upon the world. 
Now, repent. So that the power of God will be activated in your life. So that the grace of God will be enormous in your life. So that you will find peace. You will find joy serving the Lord. That will show me the path of life. In that presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand are pleasures evermore. My father in the Lord posted something I shared that this morning or yesterday. Can't remember. He said, No one pays like God. No one what? Pays. You know, the reason why I was quick to post it because I'm a living testimony of that statement. No one, no one. If only you'll be patient. If only you will walk faithfully with him. No one, no one, no one. You see, Dangote can give you a bill on your head is taken from you. Dangote can give you a bill on your marriage is taken from you. Anything the world offers you, they will take credit from you. Or not to you. Only God can pay you as he gives you everything that makes life worth living. A man can provide you a job, but it does not provide you, provide you heads. A man can provide you a title. Hallelujah. A man can provide you a title. But you might not have life. No one pays with God. God only adds to you. He doesn't take anything from you. <laughs> he only adds. He doesn't take anything from you. So no one can pay you like God. So when he tells you to do, just do. You know what? The, for me, the golden rule, for me, personally, the golden rule in the word of God, for me, is whatever he tells you to do. Do it. That is just for me. Whatever it tells you to do, do it. Does it make sense? It's not my business. Did he ask me to do it? I will do it. Because I have checked time with that number that any time it tells you to do something and you align, you will always see results. When a, imagine a marriage that just started. A marriage even they have not finished the celebration. They said the wine has exhausted. That's what it is today. Many uh, marriage in the world. Today now we are talking about divorce rates is even increasing in the, in the church. You quote. Why? The wine is no longer there. Because they allowed the wine of the world to have kickstarted their marriage. But they didn't ask for the wine that come from Jesus. I was telling my wife yesterday, I said, for me, I got married, I wasn't looking for a, a special features or whatever. The only thing is, I do the will of God. I know the will of God is beautiful. I just do the will of God brings satisfaction. So, whether there is a special feature or whatever, when a man is saying, I am not saying if you are a sister or a brother, you shouldn't have uh, your focus on 
but that is the wine of the world. It will, it will be exhausted. It must be carved. I'm not saying you shouldn't look good and nice. It must have brown eyes. <laughs> that love gave me. It must be very tall. When he appeared, the aura should shake everywhere. Yes, these are the wine of the world. It will, it will, it will get exhausted in less than no time. But when the wine of the Lord come upon it, it endures. That was why Jesus' mother said, listen, now, you said the wine has, it has exhausted. This, the wine you people pack it with your hand. You understand? Yesterday, I met one guy, he said, he was telling somebody, he said, is that your car? They, they asked the guy, is that your car? He said, yes. He said, huh? Now, wow. So, you mean that is your car? He said, it's Abuja packaging. I was not saying Abuja has packaging. Have you, maybe you've heard that before. I just, well, have you heard that before? Ah, this, I say, which one? And I asked the guy, I said, which one is Abuja packaging? That is pretending who you are not. I said, that is the meaning. He said, eh. I said, Jesus Christ. He said, it's Abuja packaging. Abuja packaging will be exhausted. Why don't you allow Jesus packaging? Jesus has no packaging. Every packaging you package that has no Jesus foundation will be exhausted. Is it your business? Is it your career? Is it your marriage? Whatever it is, if it has no foundation in God, it will not stand the test of time. Why don't you wait? Allow due process. No one can pay you like him. No one. I have tested and I have seen. No one. No one. You know, if it's just money he pays, it will be of no use because the money in the world. But what happened to that joy that money can't buy? That peace money can't buy? That river of joy money can't buy? Whoo. Knowing that though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will not fear evil. For he's with you. You just know. Money can't buy it. Grace for godly living. That grace is available for you tonight. That grace is upon you tonight. That grace is upon you forever. Rise to your feet. The grace for godly living. The grace of denial of godliness. The grace to deny every fleshy desire. Grace for godly living. Grace for godly living. Godly living. Activates the power of God. Godly living activates the power of God in you. The power is already in you, but godly living activates it. Godly living increases it. Godly living increases the power of God deposited in you. Godly living activated. Godly living sustain it. Godly living elevate it. Increases it. Godly. The grace to live godly come upon you tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. The grace for godly living. All around godly living comes upon you now in the name of Jesus Godly living in your marriage. Godly living with your finances. Godly living in your ministry, your career. Godly ministry in all that you do in the name of Jesus.
godly living in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. Jesus' mighty name.